They can't compete with short-term treasuries. So mass withdrawals from depositors seeking higher yields will result in a wave of bank foreclosure or bank failures. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant. Yes. It's a good day. Is it? <laughs> well, I guess it depends. I guess it depends <laughs> on your perspective. We are recording this on the Monday following the crash of SVB, yep, Silicon Valley Bank. But not to worry. Today, we're going to talk about banks. We're going to talk about government. We're going to talk about interest rates. We're going to talk about what happened to this bank. And I guess we should clarify up front, Heather is the banking expert out of the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> I learned everything I know on Facebook this weekend, so not to worry, not to worry. It takes me back to the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. It does. With the run on the banks. It does. And I think you're kind of, I have this perspective of like, man, this, it seems like there should be stuff in place to prevent this from happening. Well, you would think so, Heather. I mean, how many, how many regulations does it take? To fix right? this problem. I'd like to go on record that many moons ago, I said that these stupid regulations weren't going to do any good. All the regulations did was put smaller banks out of business, make it more difficult for them, and basically make it incredibly difficult as a mortgage broker to compete with mortgage bankers. Literally, all that did was make it a too-big-to-fail situation for banks. The big banks gobbled up all the little banks with all the money that they got, the free handouts that they got from the government. And here we are. We had, I don't even know how many gazillions of dollars we spent watching our stupid politicians beat their chests, yell at bank CEOs in 2009, put a whole bunch of regulations in place that apparently didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, because we're right back here. I'm pretty happy about it. I don't know about you, Heather. Because <laughs> yeah. literally, the regulations made Heather and I's li- our lives like hell. Super easy. <laughs> yeah. In addition, in addition, all of these regulations, they exacerbated, expanded the contraction in the real estate market. It would have recovered far quicker. Mm-hmm. So many things. They made appraisers basically God. Mm-hmm. Well, with no second boss. fiddle god to the politicians, of course, who hold the keys to the appraisers' lives. If you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock somewhere, I really can't believe, because if you're listening to a podcast, there's no way yeah. you're living under a rock. Although, Ron, to be fair, before I went to bed last night, I said to my husband, did you hear about the bank. And he was like, what are you talking about? So we were had a busy weekend, but still. You did did have a busy weekend. That's a true statement. Doug is officially excused. (laughs) Well, by the time this airs, it will have been over a week. So in the event that you're hearing this and you have not heard of Silicon Valley Bank, Mm -hmm. you officially have been living under a rock and you should do something about that. Well, it looks it's the second largest bank collapse in US history. Yes. 
I mean, over two hundred billion dollars in assets, just yeah, just like that. Paper like that. So, what happened to this bank, Heather? So, what I've gleaned from it is that things weren't going well, and as soon as people sniffed that things weren't going well, they all tried to take money out of the bank at the same time, and the bank. I think people forget as a child, I assumed the bank just kept your money safe for you. Like that, that's, yeah. I mean, I had the idea yeah. that I had a safety deposit box, right? <laughs> that it was like, just keeping it safe, Heather, so no one comes and steals it. Like that's kind of what I thought the purpose of giving your money to a bank was. And so, no, the bank is lending it out, as we've talked about on here so many times, that they are turning around and lending it out in mortgages and other debt that other people acquire. And so if everyone comes and they don't have enough cash on hand and everyone comes and wants their money all at the same time and they can't provide it, boom. Mm -hmm. Just so, I mean, just here like you have that. a bank heavily invested in treasuries and other government bonds, right? And they bought them when those weren't paying very much, mm -hmm. which makes them worth far less right now because everything is paying far more than that. So they had to sell off assets to be able to cover. Mm -hmm. And as they're selling off these assets that aren't worth as much, they can't sell off enough to cover all of the people wanting their money. Yeah. And they couldn't get loans either. They couldn't go out and raise money. And so they were big, big trouble. And I mean, it's more than half the assets, more than half the assets yeah. they had were treasury and government bonds. That's a Which lot. Normally is safe. True. But when the government's, when the fed starts raising interest rates on you really, really fast like that. Yeah. See, these are the unintended consequences of government playing God with our money. Yeah. That is literally, I mean, I, I don't, they don't really have a whole lot of choice right now, which as you can, this isn't the only bank that's in danger for the very same reason. And they've said, I guess the good news for the people who had, and there's a lot of money. Like I know people who had lines of credit in there for millions of dollars. And I know hedge funds who, because some of the hedge funds back some of my friends' mm -hmm. businesses who had billions like wow. over one and a half billion dollars in the bank. Now that will pucker you up pretty quick. Yeah. No kidding. But not to worry. The government is going to cover all of it. <laughs> the going to cover all of it. So don't worry. With no consequences. Don't like worry. It's going to be great. Don't worry. It's all going to be good. It's really important. You understand president Biden wanted everybody to understand that <laughs> This will not affect any taxpayers because these are fees that they charge to the banks. So as they raise the fees that they collect from the banks, of course, none of that's going to get passed on to little old us. Yeah, no kidding. This is clearly not going to affect us at all. And if you have this happen historically, that if a bank does this and then gets bailed out because the FDIC insured is up to $250,000. Is it the same for business accounts, Ron? I assumed so. $250,000. So if you had a million dollars in the bank, in that bank, but it's only insured up to two fifty. Yeah. Right? It was something like, it was over 80% of their deposits were over the mm -hmm. two fifty threshold. So nearly all of the deposits yeah. in the bank were, were far in excess of that. Mm -hmm. Because for the most part, as the name of the bank implies, I mean, they held money for startups in the tech world, 
larger corporations in the tech world and hedge funds that gambled in the tech world. All mm-hmm. those people. I mean, there's a bunch of names that you would recognize. I heard a big list of them. The only one I can remember is Roku. <laughs> yeah, I did I hear just I because they have Roku. a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> tons and tons of businesses that you would recognize the name Holdings there. There was one car called Farmbox, which I which was a startup. I heard the uh, the CEO was on, and she said she had ten million dollars over there, but it was a fraction of what they had, and they had it spread out all over mm-hmm. the place. But they also had a large amount of their money in the next bank that is also in trouble. And I'll remember the name of that bank in just a minute. I can't remember the name of the bank right now. But anyway, the, the next bank in line that had this, the basically the exact same thing, it is having trouble right now too. I'm surprised it be surprised in the next couple of days it doesn't get put into receivership too. Yeah, no, I'm trying to figure out the name of the bank. <laughs> yeah, I can't I literally can't can't remember. But we've had three. So SVB really is the only one that people heard about, but there were three banks that actually failed. Looking for the name of the other ones too. Silvergate. And Silvergate had some other problems too, though, because they were they were in bed with FTX. And um, so they already had some problems. Plus, they were really, really crypto backed. And they, I mean, everybody knows what happened to crypto. So is it Signature Bank, Ron? Signature Bank. Mm-hmm. That's one that's saying they're having trouble. No, no, no. Signature uh-huh. Bank went under. So Silvergate, uh-huh. Signature. Okay. And SVB. It okay. starts with an F, I think. It's like, I don't know, federal something. Oh, well. I'll find it. It'll probably be old news anyway by the time this airs, but it probably will be. <laughs> it probably I think will it's be. just, it's interesting because the reaction is to spread the panic and the fear, right? And to get your money out of banks, right? Or move your money around. And so it just propels you into more problems. I mean, the psychology of it, right? Of going, oh man, I better do that too. And then it just becomes a more widespread problem. Right, right. And if, you know, if you have deposits, somebody was asking me the other day, like, well, what do you do if you have a million dollars? Well, you can spread it out into different accounts at different banks. You can also, I mean, right now you can actually, you can buy some like bonds and, and, some short-term money like that, where you can go out there and actually get a pretty decent return right now, which is relatively safe. I adjusted some of my bank accounts today as well. Which is ironic because you were working on that before all this happened. Yeah, I know. And I was just like, well, I guess today's as good a day as any. Yeah. (laughs) You'll make some of that stuff happen. There are people saying that there's a much bigger collapse of the banking system coming this year. I don't know if that's the case, but typically where there's one, there's yeah. many. And I mean, there's been so much manipulation of the markets that clearly that these banks play in that the things that the Fed are doing is really having an yeah. impact. Raising interest rates like they are as quickly as they are is kind of a blunt instrument. It mm-hmm. hurts when you get hit with it. I mean, people are feeling that all over the place. Tell me that the people who don't, who have, uh, Oh my gosh, just lost the term, but loans that are going to adjust, adjustable rate mortgages. Thank you. Oh yeah. Anybody who has any kind of an adjustable rate loan, the Fed is not saying at all that interest rates are coming down. As a matter of fact, they're doubling down in spite of the the craziness that's going on with the banking system. Yeah. So they're going to keep raising interest rates apparently. So we can just get ready for more pain. Mm -hmm. And if you recall, Heather, we did a, a show on this 
not too long ago where we were with inflation and inflation is not coming down fast enough. We said that yeah. maybe two or three months ago, it's, it's not coming down fast enough. They're going to have to continue to do what they're doing and it's going to hurt in a lot of different sectors. Here's one on display. Yeah, it's true. You know, lenders are, have been having layoffs across the country because of this. So I think this has been building for a little while because I was told of, you know, layoffs in the lending industry months and months ago. Yeah. And, you know, the banking industry. So we talked about this, I think makes it pretty succinct point. Peter Schiff says the U.S. banking system is on the verge of a much bigger collapse in two, uh, than 2008. Banks own long-term paper at extremely low interest mm -hmm. rates. They can't compete with short-term treasuries. So mass withdrawals from depositors seeking higher yields will result in a wave of bank foreclosure or bank failures. You think about that now, Heather, because yeah. um, I was just telling you, I don't know, the last several weeks that I'm moving money out yeah. of the, the bank that I was currently in to another bank because they were offering yeah. way, way higher yields. Mm -hmm. And that's going to continue to happen because the money is going to go chase the higher yield. Yeah. And that's going to be a problem for a lot of banks who heavily invested in lower interest rate, long-term paper. Because that so paper's I, not worth very much anymore. Exactly. And I closed on the sale of my old primary residence this morning. And I thought, one of the things I thought as it happened, I said, man, my that lender that I had my mortgage with, I was getting probably three emails a day about refinancing, like take out, <laughs> take out money. Why don't you like, why don't you build a new kitchen? Like all the time, all the time. No, and it was, yeah, it was nauseating because no, they, I'm sure we're like, uh, so your interest rate is just over 2%. You're killing me. You know what I mean? So I bet they're going sweet. She sold that house. We don't have to have that, you know, super low interest rate mortgage anymore. So, yeah, I guess we've already given the good news up front. The good news is that uh, everybody at SVB is good to go. Yeah, You'll be able exactly. to start accessing your money this week, according to the FDIC and President Biden and uh, Secretary Yellen. They were all super excited to announce that they were um, blowing the doors off it, so to speak. I'm not sure why the other two banks didn't get the equal benefit, but this bank apparently deserves it and all the depositors there deserve it. <laughs> if but, they hadn't done it, I get it. I mean, yeah. there would have been massive runs on banks. The whole system potentially could have collapsed. But what kind of a precedent does that set? I mean, just no think kidding. that through for just a second. The FDIC insures $250,000 per person or per entity in a bank, right? And so what's the precedent now where... The company yeah. I was just telling you about that has like over $1.5 in that particular bank. Well, that's a lot of money that we're backing. And no, it's not lost on me that it would be a very big bruise on the Biden administration to have <laughs> the second largest bank failure in U.S. history on your watch, right? So, And yet, I'm here to just let everybody know that actually did happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they're throwing a bunch of money at it, but but it literally yeah. did happen. <laughs> I'm not sure that it's entirely their fault. I'll be fair. There have mm -hmm. been since 2008, since the crash of 2008, 
the government has been in mucking this thing up worse than it already was ever since then, every single year and pretty much every administration. So not all Biden's fault, although he did insert a whole bunch of complete morons into, I'm sorry, this is not supposed to be a rail on the government, but man, everything they touch turns to a complete pile of dog crap. So maybe they ought to just stop. Yeah. I think for me, what it means for like my takeaways from it as an investor is loving the fact that most of my assets are insecured, hard assets that can't just vaporize overnight. Yeah. And if you do have sizable liquidity, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people do, it's capital preservation mode time. If you haven't been in capital preservation mode, you better get there and you better get there pretty quick. The last thing you want to do is lose what you have. To Heather's point, I guess, you know, I I saw another article here recently where Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos and, and Elon Musk were all moving, you know, really hard into real estate. And Warren has been for years. It's really ironic. Heather, you remember at my presentations, I used to play Warren Buffett's video from 2012. Yes, yes. So Warren Buffett in 2012 has this, he's doing an interview and somebody asks him about real estate and he starts talking about, well, yeah, I mean, if these interest rates are crazy low and if you could buy a house and you know, you're going to live in it for a long time, you should buy it on one of these, you know, 30 year fixed rates. And you should, you should do that because over time it's going to go up in value. And I think he said something like literally if he could figure out the management, he would buy hundreds hundreds and thousands Uh of them because they were that good of an investment. And it wasn't very long after that, that he actually started doing that. And it doesn't sound like he's really stopped. He just bought a bunch of shares in a, um, in a construction company. He has several other construction companies and REITs and commercial REITs that he owns. And then Bezos, this is one of the cooler ones. So Bezos is, is working on this fund called Arrived, which is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've heard about that, right? I did, yeah. It's all, I mean, it's all over the place. Anyway, it's one of these funds where you can invest as little as 100 bucks, right? So he's got this crowdfunding thing and they've started this and they're going to put it on Amazon where you can just buy shares off of Amazon. Pretty cool, really. Yeah. Uh, and they're... They're going to build out communities and it'll probably be a really good thing. Whoever thought Amazon now you can invest, right? <laughs> what can't you do on, on and, that? You know, Musk, he's like either following Warren or what he's, he's trying to invest in Lennar. Yeah. And they want to build communities. I think the reason why these guys are doing this stuff is because they know it's a place that, you know, like we've said before, Real estate doesn't really go to zero. Yeah. I mean, even in East Palestine, (laughs) real estate's not zero. I mean, really close right now. Really really close right now, but not zero in spite of the train derailment up there. What a disaster that is. Right? No kidding. Unbelievable. Yeah. I I think if in some ways it gives me confidence that, what I'm doing is is going to stand the test of time and the government and policies. <laughs> and, but you never know. They can come and try to shake things up 
in the real estate sector. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm not sure that we added a whole lot more color than was already on Facebook and Twitter. Definitely not Twitter because Twitter is a, is is an explosion of SVB right now. (laughs) But from our point of view, I don't really think that I've decided that it's a good idea to adjust the percentages that I invest in certain investments, including real estate. If it's a good deal, it's a good deal. And it doesn't really make any difference what time. I think the smartest people have continued to buy. I love that. If it's a good deal, it's a good deal no matter what time. So true. Yeah. And it's safe because it's backed by something hard, real, something that you can change the value of and is heavily incentivized by the government. So I'll give the government a hat tip on that one. Good job, guys. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Exactly. I'm just not going to say anything else about them. I'm just going to leave on a positive note to the government. I don't think that's ever happened on this show. That's true. I don't think it's ever happened. Guys, good job. Good job. Yeah, I guess I'm stepping in as long as it really doesn't affect taxpayers, but I'm not holding my breath. No one's talking about that. And I think that's really a stupid thing to do long term because it sets the precedent that they're going to have to do that for every freaking bank moving forward. Mm Mm-hmm. But the tax breaks on real estate. Good job, Oh, guys. yeah. I missed that guys. connection. I want to make sure I'm clear because if Heather didn't get it, no, none of you got it. <laughs> the only that? thing, the only thing that I think they've done well is give us tax breaks for owning real estate. Everything else, for the most part, you really suck at. And the tax breaks do not suck. That is true. The other thing, based on this weekend's review of the government drama is that they also yell at each other really, really well. So they've Mm. got that going for them too. I'm not sure that they ever fix anything by doing that, but they do fight with each other really, really well. Professionals. Yeah. Utmost professionals. And on that (laughs) happy note, y'all should get out there this week and make something happen. Yeah, no time like the present. Maybe move some money around. Just saying. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to GetRealEstateSuccess.com.